That's how you start a radio show, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Kaufman Show. I'm Dave Kaufman, joined tonight by Mr. Mike Spry. How are you, sir? I'm well, Mike. Well, That's well, good. It's nice to see you uh, in the East End. Yeah, is this the East? It, this is uh, about as East as we get. I don't ever get past uh, St. Denis. This is weird. Well, I mean, this, is, this is well East of St. Denis. Is this Atlantic Canada? I don't think we've switched time zones quite yet. Oh. Uh. But, my um, my iPhone says it's four thirty in the morning. When you go to the Daypenner, you have to speak French, though. That's that's the rule of this part of town. <laughs> I still just point at about fifty and then leave quickly. <laughs> Sounds like a good way to do it too. Uh, we got a big show tonight. We're uh, very lucky. We're going to be joined by Brian Wild off the top in a couple of minutes. Um, talk about hockey while we still can. <laughs> the news seems to be uh, breaking, and I don't want to be the one to break it. But go to Twitter and uh, lots of conjecture right now about. Uh, the future of hockey broadcasting in this country, uh, at least for the next 10 years. So we'll, we'll see how that how that goes along the way. We've got Brian on the phone. Look at that, Jimmy. Moving like a maniac back there behind the glass. Jimmy G behind the board. Mike Spry in studio with me. And Brian Wild on the phone. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. It was, uh, I'm good watching to... a brawl break out in the Kings-Canucks game. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well... Uh... 
that seems almost apropos for what we're about to talk about. Exactly, because there was just a fight, and uh, <laughs> there was no nobody had a clue how to defend themselves during it. Oh goodness! And it looked pretty dangerous. Before we get into the um, the lawsuit that was launched today by uh, a couple of ex Leafs and some some hockey players that honestly I hadn't heard of, um, I want to get your thoughts on the PK Subban fight last week. What about it exactly? Well, I'm wondering if you thought it was okay because you know we spend a lot of time, and I see that your 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 view towards you know, violence in hockey is is not different from mine. Um, right, and I wasn't upset to see him out there protecting a fellow player. It didn't bother me like I thought it would. No, it didn't bother me either. I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, it was it was a calm one. <laughs> it's funny too because when you look at the lawsuit and 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 everybody just automatically thinks that what's going to come out of that is that fighting is going to be abolished from the game and i don't think necessarily that's true can we argue that that's not where all the concussion problems stem from or where even the majority of them stem from oh yeah for sure it's not where they are but it's going to be the most obvious thing sometimes the most obvious thing to people is not actually the real thing absolutely you know what i mean it's just a thing that sticks out and fighting sticks out as what everybody's going to presume is the concussion, the worst concussion avenue, but it it's not. No, I mean I think back going you know, you know, through the, the worst, days. The most the punches. Don't get me wrong, a fist is dangerous, but it's less dangerous than an elbow pad. Oh yeah, and it's less dangerous than a shoulder pad, and the force that goes behind a skater skating quickly, who has basically that plastic alloy. I mean, he's, it's a weapon. It's so strong the way they make these. When you and I grew up, our, our elbow pads were this soft leather. Yeah. And we skated a lot slower than they do now, too. <laughs> so they skate faster. They've got a weapon on their shoulder. They've got a weapon on their elbow. Uh, you know, soft fist in comparison. Yeah, Seriously. And the and shifts the are shorter. the power behind a fist is a lot less, too. So I'm not advocating fighting by any means, by any means. But I am saying that the more dangerous thing is a player skating full bore with a elbow pad or a shoulder pad weapon in comparison to the power you can generate from a fist standing still. Now we see uh, former Leaf Rick Vive and former, briefly a former Montreal Canadian and Gary Lehman as part of this lawsuit. Now, first of all, it's going to take so long for this to see the light of day, obviously. Mm-hmm. But my concern when I first saw it was that they don't have a big enough name behind them. And with the NFL concussion lawsuit, there were hundreds and hundreds of former players. And yeah. this seems like a, it just... But it's, they're not, it's not over at that number either, eh? No, 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 absolutely. Anybody who yeah. suffers from it is eligible down the road. Exactly. And they can, they can add to that number. So, I mean, it starts there, but it can, it can get larger. Well, it can, but the that would be under the assumption that this isn't um, quashed pretty quickly by by the bigger and more well known names in hockey. You know, I mean, and just take the contemporaries of these guys. Who who was the big star in the '80s that they would need to have on board? That's probably mm. attached to the league right now in some way or another. Doesn't want to make waves and can probably afford to deal with his headaches, unlike some of these other guys. Exactly. But there'll be there'll be people that get added to the only ones that aren't going to want their name now are ones that are actually still playing the game and enjoying the fruits of their labor. Again, and but that's that's a, a huge concern. I I think. I mean, what compels another player to come forward, seeing that it's just 
a handful of guys that have that have stepped forward. Why shouldn't where's Paul Correa in all this or Pat LaFontaine? I mean, we know where mm-hmm. Pat LaFontaine is now. Well, that's probably why his name's not on there. Hmm. Right. Because he's, yeah. you know, he's part of the part of the people that are making money right now. So making money, he's not going to bite the hand that feeds him right now for sure. But he's another guy. I mean, there are a lot of guys, you know, in the day, I mean, there were hundreds. There are hundreds of concussions, and it'll all come down to when, when it's all finished is whether there was negligence or not. There right. are two types. You know, there's one negligent where you were just stupid, and that has a certain pay date attached to it for being just stupid um, and not being educated about concussions and not being educated as a doctor who was a team doctor, smart enough in that area, thinking that the only thing that you worried about was wrists and knees and things like that, and not understanding what the, the damage that the brain goes through. That's one level, but a much higher level is, and that's where the money would really get turned over to these guys, and the teams and the NHL would really have to pay as if the negligence went beyond just being stupid to going to the point where you actually knew about it, but ignored it to try to get that player back on the ice where you were aware that your player was concussed and you were aware he shouldn't be playing and you said, get it on out there. That's that. That's the higher level. That's going to be very hard to prove that. In conversation with CTV's Brian Wild on the Kaufman Show, Dave Kaufman and Mike Spry. Brian, are you surprised uh, by the era of players who are involved in the suit? Like We're looking at players who played from the mid-80s, somewhere in there, where actually mm-hmm. that was an era where you know, helmets were made mandatory, um, you know, uh, some changes were made. You know, are you surprised it wasn't it wasn't the players who predated them and maybe who were less protected by both the PA and the league? Mm. It feels to me like when you consider how low the number is, just 10 players, it feels to me that it was just like, okay, one guy started it up. I don't know who it was. But let's say it was Rick Five. Starts, <laughs> pardon me, starts it up and tries to just find people that, you know, he can get a hold of on the phone. I mean, doesn't it to you? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty number. suspect, it's and like it's a, a low number, and it's a suspect it list, you know? I mean, uh, you'd think there'd be um, there'd be some ex-enforcers or something on the list, or heavy players yeah. who... and that's why I say it just feels like one guy was the catalyst for it, got a lawyer, started to phone some people. The lawyer tried to get a hold of as many as he could just by very simple means to just get the ball rolling so they could present it to the public and present it in such a manner that they, they began to make the NHL nervous. And then once it got public, once it got all the press of today, then they were hoping that a lot of people would come out of the woodwork. Because remember, what they're hoping for in terms of winning this is that there are a lot of uh, players that weren't even recognized as concussed in the day when right. they played. Right. And it was under the table, not in terms of anything nefarious, but that the education was not that good. And the feeling was, you know, you got your bell rung and you could get out there for the next shift. Um, I'm reading League of Denial right now. Oh, good. Uh, which is the NFL uh, study and uh, um, book done by... Uh, the Fainarawada brothers. We had uh, Mark you. on the show about a month ago. Thank you for helping me there. And uh, But the point is that uh, there, was a no- there was a lot of knowledge back there. And... Um, there was a lot of sweeping that knowledge under the carpet. Right. And one should assume that the medical community was smart enough to read the New England Journal of Medicine and, a, you know, a lot of different studies that showed that 
this was happening at a much higher level than it was being reported. So I'm going to assume that the NHL doctors were as smart as the NFL doctors. And so it could get pretty serious before it's all finished. And this might be a moment, too, that there are hundreds of players, hundreds of players who are feeling in their 50s irritable, who are feeling emotional, who are feeling their a high level of memory loss, um, feeling a lot of the effects that you're reading in League of Denial, and that when that lawsuit comes out today and when they learn about it, when they read it in the paper, when their friend comes up to them and says, how do you feel? I heard about, there might be a lot more names added to that list, and that's exactly what Rick Five and the nine others and the lawyers of the nine others are hoping happens, that it just becomes an awareness that's going to bring a lot of people out of the woodwork. And I think it's entirely possible and probable, too. Well, and that's it. I, th- I think we're going to see more in the players who've retired in the last 10 years than perhaps yeah. players who retired from 20, 25 years ago. I agree. I agree, because I think it's rampant. I really do. Um, not to the point that the NFL is rampant, though. I think there's a lot. But the NFL, I mean, come on. You, you hit your head in the NFL on every single play. Pretty much. You know, you do. I mean, it's crazy. You just like, I'm having a hard time. Dave, I'll be honest with you. I'm having a hard time sometimes actually watching football right now because I don't, I, you know, as a fan, I used to like just watch the ball. <laughs> hmm. Now I actually, I'm, I, I tend to be watching the ball 50% of the time and I'm watching who hits their head when there's a tackle, the other 50%. Yeah, and which, and like you that said, that's every NHL, time. Pardon me? And like you said, that's every time. Every time there's it's a hit, somebody's time. hitting their head. Every, I mean, the, the, the way to hit a guy is put your head into his chest. Well, even and, watching uh, Monday Night Football tonight, Brian, I mean, every time uh, RG3 got hit, you, you kind of shiver a bit and you think that could be it. You know, he's kind yep. of a reckless, running, modern quarterback, you know, with, with, with no fear. But, uh, you know, this isn't Division Two. you know? Like, you're, if you're going to mm-hmm. get hit, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean... If, you see it as a matter of how to make the play and do the play right in the NFL. Every single play, the head gets involved. In the NHL, it's much, much less, much, much less. However, there was less caution, too. So I don't expect that this is going to get to the scope of the NFL. I think the NFL decides uh, what George St. Pierre does is the most dangerous thing you can do, to be honest. And the NHL is much less dangerous, much because when you see a headshot in the NHL, you note it. You know, there's one in the game tonight in the Vancouver game, or at least it was really close. Henrik Sedin looked like maybe he got his bell rung a little bit in a high hit, but it was hard to see. I'll have to look at the replay. But it stands out, you know what I mean? There might be one a game. There might be two mm-hmm. a game. There might be three. Um, Josh Georges got a headshot about three, four weeks ago. I was worried how he went, but he didn't even miss a shift, that kind of thing. But... In the NFL, like I said, I mean, it's every play. I mean, it's every single play. So I don't think it'll hit the scope of the NFL ever, but the NHL can't afford to have it hit the NFL scope because they don't have the, they don't have the power base and the TV contract and, and the money. So they better hope it doesn't get out of hand. A few minutes left. There, there have been people I've heard, actually, that have been expecting this lawsuit for a very long time. Really, and they're smart people, and they've told me that they think that it could be the end of the end of the NHL, and I don't agree with them at all. Uh, but they're smart people. 
hmm. they're well-tuned in people that cover this game. And when they say that, I'm, I'm shocked. I don't see it, but they do. And I think that's crazy, but who knows? We've got a few minutes left with Brian Wilde from CTV, and I'm really happy that you brought up the UFC there, Brian, because, frankly, the way that the NFL has handled concussions makes them look like Florence Nightingale compared to the UFC. Yeah, it's. I, I found that that whole next day. Oh man, I found that whole next day despicable. Um, that that promoter says that George St. Pierre owes him. Uh, the commissioner, the head of I, UFC, the the brainchild, the head of UFC, the commissioner, the brainchild yeah, of the yeah, sport, the commissioner, yeah. Um. And I tried to listen to what he was saying about getting his head clear. And then the next day, TMZ comes out and says he's got a an illegitimate child somewhere, and his father's dying, and and TMZ is actually uh, paid by UFC. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, they're paid. That I read that somewhere that they're actually they actually pay TMZ to give them coverage. Huh. So basically. He then spills the beans the and says, yeah. You can see the commissioner saying, listen, this guy's making it sound like we got concussion issues here. He's got a concussion. He's saying he can't sleep, which is a classic sign of having a concussion. Um, he's saying he can't. He needs to get his head straight. You know, it sounds like George St. Pierre's gonna, trying to tell the world he's got a concussion for the last three, four months, and we put him through a fight, yeah. even though he had post-concussion syndromes, uh, syndrome. we got to put an end to this. And suddenly the next day, TMZ paid by UFC to promote its product, which usually meant, you know, promote the fight. Make them look good. Two guys, yeah, make it look good. Promote these two guys are angry with each other. You know, help us with the pay-per-view numbers here. That's generally what that's all about. But in this case, the day after, the very day after, Monday, they get back to work and TMZ is all about spreading... <laughs> Sorry, Dave. That's okay. cold for a month. You really have. I know. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you must so, be shooting yourself up with some serious tranquilizers when you go on air, because you look great <laughs> when you're on air. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, and then, then the next day, that's what happens, and it just it it seems contrived completely. And then, of course, the Georges Saint Pierre's uh, sister comes out and says, "My dad's fine." <laughs> wow. You know, and and the other story's bunk too. The next day, I think, what does he think? Nobody in Montreal is going to actually find the sister, find the truth. Uh, it's, it's, it's awful. It's awful. As frustrating, Brian, as that post-fight uh, press conference was, there must have been a bit of a, uh, a good feeling on your part after you sent out that tweet and saw how much love it got and how viral it went, saying, if you love George St. Pierre, tell him to stop fighting. Well, that's how I felt about it. I mean, and it was it was really a part of um, <clears throat> what the commissioner had said. It was that that you owe me, you know, and it's the opposite. He has given his lifeblood to the sport. He has given his lifeblood to Montrealers. He's probably given the peace of mind for the rest of his life to that sport. To the province of Quebec to everyone that loves him. If you love him, give him the rest of his life because he's given you all of his life so far. 
that that was the point I was making because this is a man who I think even where he is right now, um, I'm not a big follower of the sport, but I heard that he's been in the ring, in the octagon, pardon me, more than anyone else ever in the history of the sport. Yeah, I read that too. Five plus so hours, I think. That's got to mean that the punishment that he's faced, even as a champion, is substantial. The brain is not designed to take 10 shots like that in the course of a lifetime, never mind five hours worth. So I feel pretty confident in telling you that 15 years from now, he's going to be emotional. He's going to have memory loss. He's going to be irritable. You look at a lot of the people that pass too early and do what seem like extremely irrational things like Junior Seau, and you look at what's in their in their brains from the uh, chronic trauma encephalopathy and that, that bacteria that hits the, the brain when it's continually punished punch-wise by, and it's called tau, T-A-U is the spelling of it. When you look at uh, the the brain that has passed, as in someone has died, like Junior Sales, like Mike Webster's, like the ones they checked at, right. and they see all of that degradation of the, the tissue from the, from the constant pounding, you know that it's impossible for George St. Pierre to have a cow-free brain right now. It's, it's impossible. And Junior Seau, at a very young age, got extremely irritable and he and and it's very common for these guys to to pick up guns to feel paranoid because it's the cerebral cortex that that suffers and the limbic area that suffers and that's where they get hit and that's the emotional center too and the emotional center scrambles too and they can't control anything and the brain is just not designed for what we put it through it's just not designed for it. Brian, thank you for your time tonight, man. We really oh, appreciate pleasure. it. Pleasure. Uh, Thanks for having me. I wanted to talk about this. Well, uh, good, and uh, you know you're welcome on on our show anytime. <laughs> All right, man. I uh, hope you feel better, man. And uh, it means a lot that it. you did this feeling under the weather. Thank you. Okay, cheers. Speak to you soon. There he goes, Brian Wild. Follow him on uh, Twitter. Be wild with an e at the end of it. CTV. Yes, Mike. That was. Uh, that was. <sighs> We don't talk about that enough, and I'm wondering if, uh, if at some point, um, is there does there have to be like a, a national legislative body to oversee these sports? Does well, the then you get into jurisdictional stuff too, right? Protect protect industry from itself, man. It happens in other industries. Good luck. Billions of dollars protected. Protected D. Simon from Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> Why deny the obvious, child? Our thanks to Brian. Jimmy G on the board. Mike Spry sitting in for Jay tonight. Going to have some fun. We're on till 1. Give us a shout. 514-790-1690-1866-896-2546. John Kakalakis has a sports update. This is The Kaufman Show, and we'll be back. And we said these songs are true. These days are ours. These tears are free. The cross is in the ballpark, and the cross is in the ballpark. Had a lot of fun, had a lot of money. We had a little sun, we thought we'd call him Sonny. Sonny gets married and moves away. Sonny has a baby and builds.
Half a mile from the county fair And the rain came pouring down Me and Billy standing there With a silver half a crown Had to pull off a fishing rod And the tackle on our backs We just stood there getting wet With our backs against the fence And it stoned me to my soul Stoned me just like Jelly Rose And it stoned me Welcome back Kaufman Show on TSN 690 Coming in a little more mellow after that intense chat with Brian Indeed Our thanks to Brian Wilde from CTV We've got Torben Rolfson coming up in about 20 minutes time more than enough time to take your calls. In the meanwhile, 514-790-1690-1866-896-2546. And before we go to Travis in uh, North Carolina, some breaking news tonight. Very cool to see that it's our long national nightmare is finally over. What? As a joint celebration of the NFL's Salute to Service Month and Native American Heritage Month, the Washington Redskins recognized four members of the Navajo Code Talkers Association. The Code Talkers were a group of Native American service members who transmitted secret communications beginning in World War II. Four representatives were recognized during a commercial break during the first quarter of the Redskins 49ers game. They stood in the end zone nearest the tunnel that leads to the Redskins locker room and received a round of applause while a video tribute to the Code Talkers played. So it's over. <laughs> oh. It's over. They, they have done. They have finally done good by the Native Americans by bringing four Navajo code talkers onto yeah. the field, and now we can all stop complaining about the name, right? It's This is it, right? Th- this would be like the Canadian government saying, you know, we, we've apologized to our, our, our the Native peoples of, of our country for our systematic oppression of them because, you know, we gave Adam Beach a starring role in Arctic Air. <laughs> and go Eskimos. And go Eskimos. <laughs> We're finished. Let's when, move on. When does Eskimos get added to that um, that list of sports? But Eskimos games? doesn't actually mean like it's from. But it harkens back to like the Nanook of the North documentary. It's also the Edmonton Eskimos. Let's pick bigger battles. You know, <laughs> I'm sure there's some tier seven teams with with nicknames that we don't like. But let's let's four let's, and a half million people watched the Grey Cup yesterday, Mike. Yeah, I was one of them. Were you? I yeah. Yeah, I I talked a big game in the morning with Abe and and uh, Amanda Stein, saying that I'd be watching the Brady Manning fest, but it all coincided so that you could kind of watch both. I mean, the first half of both games were a mess. Yeah, and the second halves were a little bit. I mean, I had I guess it not on really for the Tie Cats, but I had it on somewhere in the periphery as I was. As well, I was you're a doing good Canadian. You have to, right? Uh, I mean, I I made fun of Headley in some tweets that I saw entertained those. me. They la- I, they made me laugh too. Well, I'm here to make you laugh, sir. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the sheepdogs were fantastic, and I really liked Serena Ryder's anthem. Oh man, I love Serena Ryder. That's not even. I'm. That's not a punchline. Okay. Love Serena Ryder. Yeah, I didn't. I'm not uh, laughing. I had a I loved her music for years and years and years and years. She uh, did um, a bilingual O Canada. Yeah, an amazing, awesome. amazing rendition. It was awesome, especially in a time when most anthems. Are intolerable. Oh yes, the performances of them. Right, rather. Right, it's the uh, it's the bleeding gums bleeding gums Murphy fifteen minute version. Oh, it's it's 
it's Whitney Houston's fault. Um, <laughs> but you know, hasn't she suffered enough? Yeah. <laughs> Let her rest, my goodness. Man, it's too bad she's not alive. She could have come to the defense of Rob Ford, but that's a whole other discussion. Wow. Yeah, that's uh we'll save that one for next week, Spry. Sure. Uh it's uh Kaufman and Spry co-hosting the Kaufman show tonight. Let's go to Travis in Asheville, North Carolina. Howdy, Travis. Hello, Dave and J- and uh, and Mike. How are you? How you doing, man? Takes some getting used to, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Jay so, is uh, by the way, Jay will be back next week. We didn't kick him out or anything. He is at the McLean's pub. Movember poker tattoo palooza. They're raising money for charity, I believe, or somehow. They are, and people are actually getting tatted. Yeah, it's it's kind of odd. So, so Mike, you're, you're there to make uh, Dave laugh. You're funny like a clown or something? <laughs> I am funny like a, a clown. Oh, God, really? <laughs> We're going to try this bit on air? No. <laughs> this seems like a major mistake. A little bit, yeah. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Travis, how about, how about you get your shine box, okay? Uh, I will do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> To go back to the uh, to, to go from that to talking about the serious concussion problem, yeah, you know the NHL thing. The NHL is lucky that one, they're compared to the NFL, they're dirt poor, and uh, two, that I really don't think that they had the wherewithal. No offense to the NHL, I don't think they had the wherewithal in the '70s to do, be doing enough research about head injuries as the NFL was. Oh, definitely not. To, to try to cover things up. You know, the whole NFL lawsuit was because the NFL doctors in the 70s were finding out stuff that we found out in the public in the early 2000s. You know, the NHL doesn't have that. They didn't have that. No. And, you know. No, but part of the lawsuit says that um, they were aware and open about it from 1997. And that not much, even though they were aware, not much was done in that span. It's, it's You know, and it is true, but I mean... Suppose tomorrow that they discover some kind of compound that they can give you in an ER, and if your heart stops, you can be revived an extra 15 minutes without any brain damage. Is everybody whose loved one died two weeks ago automatically entitled to sue? No, not really. Well, maybe in America. I don't well, know. How's that work down there? Probably, probably down there. Definitely not up here. Well, if you can, if you can speak it in a language that another human being says on Earth and it can be translated, you can sue about it. So, <laughs> uh, You know... I would think that there is some kind of culpability there, though. Like, maybe not from the 70s. Yeah. But when you see the amount of guys that... And I keep going back to Paul Correa, because poor Paul Correa. And and I would really like to find out where he is now and and speak to him about this. Because for me, he's the poster boy. Growing up, he was the poster boy. The gets knocked out, comes back in the third period, and scores a goal. Right. Right. Well, but that's the thing. Like, And we talked to to Brian Wilde uh, about this. And I asked him if, if the era of players who are in the lawsuit surprised him. And to me, it's going to have to be those 90s players. It's going to have to be the LaFontaines and the Koreas to launch this kind of initiative uh, in order to, to be successful and enact any kind of change and actually to actively spark uh, an intelligent uh, discourse. Because well, this, it, I agree with Brian Wilde, this seems somewhat frivolous. It's Rick Vives doing a lot of the talking. Um, and it, that era, you know, it was after that era of player, um, where players, they stopped, you know, they stopped taking the off seasons, you know, they started training 24, seven, 365, you know, uh, they became more aware of fitness. Like no one's smoking Rothman's on the bench. Like Mary Lemieux did when he's playing in the queue, you know, like and then in the late nineties and early two thousands, it became a much more fit player and a much faster game. And as such a much more dangerous game. Well, it's also the, the change with the lockout. Right. You know, I mean, you look at the game today, you know, they're, 
they're basically doing a combination of, uh, you know, into, you know, the year after the lockout of five six, they called the most penalties ever, didn't they? I mean, it was, it was, they were calling everything. Right. They wanted power plays. Yeah. Every obstruction, the NHL decided goals are what will sell in the United States. So we will get, we will, you know, we will get your goals. So they call every power play. And I don't remember if the, if the injury rate was lower, I don't think it was, but you know, they're calling everything now and now the players are even faster. There's even better research in, in, into fitness, into nutrition. So you have even stronger players. Uh, well, you know, and there's, there's no red line. No, there's no red line. They're at, on average taller and, 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 you know, and uh, heavier. They're skating faster. They have even worse equipment. And we have a hybrid rule set that's designed to increase speed and scoring. It's not designed to, to, to prevent injuries. And what do you get? A whole ton of head injuries. But let me play devil's advocate, advocate just for a second. Should any athlete in this day and age be surprised that their sport is violent? You know, you accept a certain amount of risk. You know, like when I got a heavy paper cut and, uh, you know, it could, <laughs> it could all be over for me. But I'm aware of that risk and I go into my workday fearless with that notion. But don't they have to expect some responsibility for their chosen vocation? I think they, they would have to accept a certain level of responsibility, a reasonable level, as long as there is an equal, if not mirrored level of, of collective responsibility that the, that the owners have. Because it's not as bad in the NFL. In the NFL, of course, there's no the guaranteed contract situation where you can get cut almost instantly at any time. You know, thank God the NHL isn't like that. I mean, I, I mean, if Jeremy Jacobs got his way, maybe it would be. But Probably. You know, so at least there's a chance that injured players would not feel – utter pressure, existential pressure for their lives and careers and their families to play when they shouldn't. But they still do. Of course they do, because there's somebody who is younger, cheaper, and hungrier ready to take their place, much like with yeah. Spry and the paper cut. <laughs> That's true, though. And and this is why I, I really had a problem with the NFL. I am younger recently. than you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'm better looking. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I you know, it's such a, it's so complicated, the concussion thing, the head injury thing, and I don't understand any way that this is going to end happily for everybody or anybody at this point. No, it'll end with, um, well, I mean, the worst case scenario is it ends with, with uh, hockey not being the way it is, which I can't picture. No. I'm still having trouble picturing that. Much in the way that, that in our conversation a month ago with, uh, with Mark Fainer-Iwata, talking, thank you, uh, talking about how his brother's still a season ticket holder and they still sit down and watch the Niners on Sundays, or I guess an hour ago. But that, I mean, that's what we're trying to reconcile right now. Well, look how we flocked back after the lockout, you know? Yeah. We don't care. Treat us, treat us like dirt. We're coming back. This and is, the from, thing is uh, from Max on uh, Max the Guru on Twitter. Helmets and visors had to be grandfathered in, but it's all the NHL's fault. Players need to show more respect for each other. Right. And I, I agree with Max with, with that argument. For some reason, they won't show each other that respect. Um, and you'd think that and I can't the union that fraternity would, would... And you hear that a lot, you know, the, the BS about brotherhood, you know? I well, mean, when it's... there's a lockout, you sure see it, right. right? But as soon as they get back on the ice, they don't really care. It's, well, I'm here for mine. You know, respect a lot of the times is, 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 is a figment of fear. And uh, if, if, if players in the ice have, have utterly no faith that the... You know, a supplementary punishment organ is going to be repeatable. You know, it's going to be it's going to be something that actually makes sense, and you can know that I do X, therefore X will probably be suspended, so I shouldn't do X. If there's no confidence in those in that decision making, I'm not surprised that a lot of people push the edge. They push the they push the envelope because they know they're probably not going to get caught. 
What would it take for you to stop watching hockey, Travis? Um, you know, that's... The money answer question. right now, by the way, is it not being on TSN? Well, I don't, <laughs> that's, not, that's not my problem down here, really. <laughs> no, I guess but, not. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it would have to be, honestly, it would have to be uh, some kind of collusion between the owners, you know, if they managed to... That's an interesting get, get one. Get the CBA canceled and turn it into NFL with no guaranteed contracts and, and players that are forced back immediately after injuries. You know that would probably do it instantly. That's an interesting angle. I was I was really expecting you to say that if somebody died on the ice. Well, that would do it automatically too. But at this point, and this is the this is the terrible thing. This is this is what everyone was talking about after Max. You know, even go, even going back after you know Zednik and 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 Mick Sorley and. Uh, uh, the Vancouver player, his name is eluding me right now. Steve Moore, 11 years ago. Um, that, no, that was, that was, Steve, that was uh, Bertuzzi. I'm thinking of uh, McSorley and... Uh, oh, Bashir. Bashir. Bashir, yes. You know, even back then, you know, uh, the, the thought was someone will die eventually, and I don't want to think about that, and no one wanted to think about it. Well, a, a player did die in uh, minor pro. Don, uh, uh, his name is, eludes me right now. Yeah, uh, but, yeah but no, I think I think we mean on the big stage. I mean, football players die all the time. Right. High school football players die disproportionately, at disproportionately high numbers, I feel, as compared to other sports. Well, and there's the, the guard for the Vikings, again, whose name escaped me. Oh, yeah, he that's right. Uh, Jimmy just mentioned camp. in my ear uh, that Bill Masterton died on the ice. Right. Yeah, in the 60s. Yeah. And his trophy. Right. Some things aren't worth it, Travis. Well, yeah. and 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 Steve Steve Moore was violently abused on the ice uh, in a nationally televised game, and it's been eleven years, and still nothing has happened. Well, and, and the ranks closed and around, it, him. and it's really it's going to be really really hard for the NHL to say that he didn't lose his career because he did. And you know? know what? Some people still defend that because they say Steve Moore was a bad guy. Yeah, well, because those damn Harvard-educated players, right? Yeah. They're just the worst. No, I, I I don't get that angle, and I feel like that was another one of those where the ranks closed. And and you did see the brotherhood of the union then, but you saw it protecting Bertuzzi but, and against Moore. But part of it is the just hockey, my opinion. The hockey establishment, the shake it off mentality. You know, well when we played, when we played, or or you've never played, so you don't you don't know. Well, you know? this isn't a new subject for you, uh, Spry. You know, the, the the retrograde you know influences of the Canadian hockey culture. are are pretty well known at this point. Certainly. And it's it's a problem going forward. And and my fear is that I don't unless there's I don't think this is the lawsuit to do it, but it, I can't think of something other than a death on the ice that will truly instigate major change. Um because again, there's busfuls bus buses full of kids who are ready to take these jobs. We've lost superstars. We've lost uh Pat LaFontaine you know, uh, to uh, to head injury. You know, Brett Lindros played a season and a half and could have been a great player. Hey, and Eric just, Lindros's career was cut short. From Mark yeah. Savard's career was cut short. There's plenty of an extremely talented, dynamic National Hockey League players who have had their careers cut short by way of head injuries. And, and, honestly, and there's someone the else the day, there to take his job the next day. Who cares about the career? It's it's the livelihood. It's the life afterwards, right? I mean, it's right. You know, Bobby Orr. They talk about how the guy has no knees and can't walk around. Imagine if he couldn't think. But in an era that predated, you know, access to information, social media, what happened to hockey players after they left the Saturday night game was unknown to us. Pretty much. You know? maybe, that'll, maybe that'll be the changing factor, the, initi- the changing initiative. These, these people being able to almost talk to them every single day and, and seeing their plight, maybe that'll 
change people. Well, and I think I think what could uh, instigate change, and again, this is a generation away, um, is uh, is these players who are donating uh, their brains to to science upon their death. Well, we'll see if that yeah. goes into hockey as well. Right now, it's it seems to be mainly football players that are doing that. Well, good luck uh, saving hockey from itself, guys. Yeah, yeah, we're on it. It's a full-time job, man. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Travis. Have a great Cheers. night. Cheers. That's uh, Travis in Asheville, North Carolina. This is the Kaufman Show. Dave Kaufman and Mike Spry here with you. Jimmy G behind the board. Jimmy, in the middle of the conversation, brought me over League of Denial. He's a good man. Very impressive. Was this a gift, Jimmy, or is this... Uh... I believe it's a promotional copy here for Bell Media. I'll be taking that home, thank you. Oh, okay, so so Mr. Bell Media gets to take this home and read it at the end of the night? <laughs> or is it the last person in the building that gets to grab the The last denial? person in the building. So I'll oh, make sure that boy. I'll be here at 3 in the morning <laughs> to take that book. <laughs> nice, Jimmy. I guess I won't... Uh, I guess I'll have to ask for that for Hanukkah this year. For what? <laughs> it's that thing us Jewish kids have to pretend that... We... Uh, Jewish Christmas. Yeah, that's the one. Nowhere near as good. By the way, no. It, it kind of all stops when you're a kid. <laughs> it's a shame. I love Christmas. I'm I am a huge Christmas fan. Well, but it's it, the the gift it's giving from thing the outside, is, man. Well, that's it. I it's, love bar mitzvah, but I'm sure they're paying the ass. <laughs> yeah, you try memorizing that text. <laughs> you think I was actually reading that day? Come on, Spry. Uh, I'm sorry, I wasn't there. You know, what's the date today? Twenty sixth. My bar mitzvah was twenty years ago. Jeez, you're 20, old. 20 years ago tomorrow. Where does the time go? Um, lots of places. You know, my bar mitzvah was more recent than the last Hab Stanley Cup win. Jeez. Leave you on that one, folks. Uh, John Kakalakis. No, it's 1223. What are we doing? Are we going to break right now? All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back, vamp for 30 seconds, and then John will give you a sports <laughs> update. This is the Kaufman Show. Stay tuned. Monday morning runs, Sunday night screaming, slow me down before the news. High Hopes, the new single from Bruce Springsteen, live right here on TSN 690. We're going to keep that running under us under this uh, this little vamp segment we're going to do right now. I like this. You it, spry. It's a cover. Uh, by who? Uh, Havelina. Havelina. An eclectic rock band from Long Beach, California. Cool. Otherwise known as Havelina Rail Company. 
All right. I'm impressed. I'm sure they're really enjoying these residual checks that are going to start rolling in. Yeah, especially the one from us right now. They will not need Walmart to provide them uh, (laughs) Thanksgiving dinner. When it was announced yesterday that the name of the first single would be High Hopes, I kind of just, my mind went to Kennedy. Because the, the JFK campaign song was High Hopes. Was it really? Yeah. Not the same as this one. The We've got high hopes. We've yeah, it's got... It's not the same tune at no, all. No, very different. Yeah. Very different. But um, I'm happy to hear some new Springsteen. Yeah. It was nice to see Twitter kill Kennedy again. Is that how that works? Yeah. <laughs> I... Um, Followed the at uh, history account, right. which was the history television channel's account, which was live tweeting it as it as if it was happening live. And then today, when they said, uh, "Stay tuned for our," I can't remember what on like the reinvention of the wheel or on the caveman or something. I was like, right. Unfollow. Yeah, that's no longer interesting. But it was an interesting couple of days. Next and November. That's right. No, I don't. I, I don't remember it being like this every every year. No. It's- yes, Jimmy. Yes, Jimmy. Why don't we do that? That sounds great. Move a rubber tree plant. I hope See, Springsteen sounds better here. <laughs> he's got this is really his campaign song? It was faster so paced, but yeah. Anytime you're Jeez. getting low, instead of letting go, just remember that ant. Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. And, and that explains why uh, Sterling Cooper Draper Price was on uh, Nixon's side. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John Kakalakis has a sports update, and then we've got about a half an hour of racetrack left. We're going to use every second of it here on the Kaufman Show on TSN 690. Torben Rolfson coming up next. Listening to the Kaufman Show with Dave Kaufman and Jay Farrar, only on TSN the desert oh, god i can't even do it the jagger at the end of this thing it's so far-fetched and ridiculous really? it was anybody but the stones you can't do jagger oh i can i can uh, yeah, yeah you're not a british great-grandfather i can pretend 
I can do the whole. No, you can't. Stop arm that. sway, Stop wacky that. inflatable fun man thing. <laughs> so big news as always. The the Kaufman Show is uh, on air when big news breaks. That seems to be a, a given around here. And uh, Bob McKenzie of TSN has tweeted it, so I feel comfortable saying it. And frankly, all of Twitter is flipping out about it right now. Official announcement expected Tuesday by the NHL. CBC and Rogers have an exclusive English-language NHL rights deal believed to be 12 years. Wow. Wow, indeed. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gobsmacked. I don't know what to say. 12 more years of Don Cherry. That's, so that's a hell of an assumption. Well, yeah, he is old. <laughs> I'm not sure of his health, but... Um, as far okay, as we 12 can tell, more years of Glenn Healy. That's there. That's a good one. 12 more years of Nick Kiprios. Oh, God. You're assuming these people won't, like, get, wouldn't get jobs somewhere else. Here's, I mean, here's a new slogan. The NHL, better on mute. <laughs> wow. 514-790-1690-866-896-2546. we got a special Kaufman show tonight. Mike Spry joins me in studio. Hey, that's me. That's you. You can follow him on Twitter at MDSpry. Join the millions. That's right. Let's go. You cracked a thousand, man. Muzzle tub. Sweet. Let's go to the phones. We've got the chef in Montebello, and then uh, our resident comedian, Torben, will join us. Hello, chef. Hey, Dave. How's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, great, especially after having had the chance to listen to Brian Wilde. Um, this, what a smart man. Oh, I know. It's awesome, isn't it? It's just, I love just. obviously, in the subject that we're talking about, which is concussions and stuff like that. And it's just such a uh, a breath of fresh air to actually get a, an opinion that it's not going to be adulterated by CBC. Because, I mean, as soon as it's, Cherry gets this in his hands, it's going to be re- completely ridiculous. Did you see Cherry on Saturday night? No, happily. No, I didn't. I, I can't remember who he was. Oh, you're, team, so I was really happy. you're lucky, because I was at home and uh, watching the game on Ardeas, and uh, I switched over to watch Coach's Corner with my buddies. And he was talking about, and I wish I could remember, and if somebody listening right now can tweet it at me or give us a shout, he was talking about a certain player who was about to have his first uh, shift ever on Hockey Night in Canada. And Cherry was coaching him and told him, if you take your helmet off, I'll start you and I'll start you on the power play. Because he wanted to be able to be seen, he wanted him to be able to be seen on Hockey Night in Canada and be noticed without his helmet. Right. Um, within the first shift, the guy was out there. He got into a fight and Cherry said it was the only time in his life that he was praying that, um, that the guy would be okay, that he had sent someone out there and realized, oh goodness, if he gets hurt without his helmet, Peter Sturgeon, was it? No, that wasn't it. Yeah. He said he coached him in Colorado. It was Peter Sturgeon. Really? I don't remember that being the name. All right. Anyway, um, whoever it was went out there without his helmet in his first game on hockey night in Canada. And never put the helmet back on. And Cherry talked about how he looked so beautiful out there. And it just seemed like such a weird contrast for everything we're talking about right now to hear somebody on primetime on a major network talking about the glorification of not wearing helmets. And that just goes to show you that a lot of the people who are obviously subscribed to what he happens to preach are, in fact, probably a majority of uh, hockey fans out there. So I don't unless the the courts come up with something huge right now, and it's going to be come down to a lawyer's debate, that this is going to actually do anything positive for the game right now. There's a lot of whole different... I hope that something positive will come out that actually manufacturers of hockey equipment 
don't tell me that something can't be done. These guys are running around with elbow pads that are stronger than the window, uh, the mirrors on my car, which is completely ridiculous. Can you imagine someone skating by you at 15 kilometers an hour, whips out a, a door, basically, with a, a mirror on it, crack you upside the head? Of course you're concussed. 15, man. It's not a, it's not a beer league at midnight. They're going a lot faster than that. Well, granted, but, I mean, it's just completely, it's gotten completely ridiculous. For to sure. Watch. They feel like gladiators out there, and you can understand it. And it's funny that a lot of the times the, the moments that I see the most respect in a hockey game are actually after a tussle with two fighters, a slap on the ass, or when they're mic'd up, a good fight buddy, uh, thanks a lot. Yep. Or the first time the press came back after a, a hurt shoulder and the guy actually asked him, uh, what shoulder is it? Which shoulder did you hurt? I mean, that <laughs> seems to me, unfortunately, between gladiators is, is more respect than the rest of the guys are actually giving it. There is, because they know the pressures that they're under. That famous un, unwritten rule. Uh, God, I wish someone would write it someday. Seriously, it's getting crazy. The code, the code of hockey. I wish someone would actually come out and write something and say, this is what the actual code is. Until either the the equipment changes or the penalties have to go through the roof. Like the 20 games, I mean, you have to have that more frequently, unfortunately, to nip this in the butt. Because until they do, I I don't think that the lawyer sues and stuff like that, as Mike was saying, there's not enough money in this league, I think for them to actually come out and think they're going to make fortunes out of it. And there's a lot of different plays. I think that those names, unless they're at the front of the page of this suit, it, nothing's going to happen. I know, God bless uh, Rick, Rick Vibe, but I don't think he's going to be the, the, the voice that's going to actually help a situation like this. Well, like Brian said, we'll see if more people come forward down the road. This, this is just the opening of the door, and we didn't hear about the first guy to complain about concussions in the NFL either. Well, there you go. We didn't. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. I just wanted to, to just let the TSN, you guys are obviously rock because you have the people who know what they're talking about. Chef, thank you so much for the call, man. We uh, appreciate you checking in. Have a great night. Let's uh, let's go to our resident comic. It's time for some. Doesn't the world need laughter? Isn't it about time we all <laughs> laugh a little? I think so. So let's bring in Torben Rolfson, our uh, friend from Vancouver. You can follow him on Twitter at VanGuy. Still the funniest man on the Kaufman Show. Sorry, Spry. Hello, Torben. Dave, Mike, how you doing? We're great, man. How are you? I'm doing well. What's going on? Not too much. You know, just running around, writing, having fun. Catch that brawl tonight featuring your hockey team? I did not. Oh, well, it's one for the highlights. There was a brawl. What happened is is one fella hit another fella and angered another fella. So then all <laughs> the fellas went at it. It's the hockey way. It was like a chain reaction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one player came to another's emotional rescue. Exactly. Exactly. Riding so through guys, the desert on a white stallion. Uh, you know what? I didn't know. I I tried to. I really <laughs> gave it my. I gave it the old Canadian try, but no, I did not enjoy it. The fifty-fifty draw at the Grey Cup paid out two hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars. I would have enjoyed that. Yeah, that explains Stephen Harper's appearance in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The CFL, they're serious about exploring the viability of an expansion franchise in Atlantic Canada. Next week, they're going to pitch the idea on Dragon's Den. (laughs) There's no way O'Leary cops to that. (laughs) Commissioner Mark Cohen says that player names for the upcoming Ottawa Red Blacks expansion draft will be kept secret and confidential. This is playing havoc with my mock expansion draft. A secret team of physical freaks being put together under shadowy circumstances. They should call them the Ottawa X-Men. <laughs> Way better name. Yeah. Well, anything. Yeah. Uh, 
And the Laval Rouge et Or uh, won their third CIS football title in four years, setting records for rushing yards, and also with a reported 18,543 in attendance in the 12,000-seat stadium lap dances. <laughs> <laughs> Only 10 bucks there, right? That's right. All right. <laughs> so Rob Ford's fitness consultant is a convicted steroid trafficker. He also <laughs> may have gotten the worst PR of all time being identified as Rob Ford's fitness consultant. <laughs> Anyone signing up for this guy's training program? <laughs> Put that on your resume. It's like being CEO of Enron. <laughs> now, a lot of officiating controversy in the NFL, as you know, that opening drive TD video review in the Falcon Saints game Thursday night came under more scrutiny than the Zapruder film last week. Oh, man. <laughs> when, you, when you tweeted that out, I howled. Did I tweet that? You did, and I died. I absolutely died. Oh, thanks. <laughs> A Texas-based theme park company is building the world's tallest water slide. The terrifying drop ride is named 2013 Houston Texans. <laughs> and Jerry Jones was back in the news promoting Jerry Jones again, saying he's doing his best work ever as the Cowboys GM. Man, when it comes to wanting to be in the spotlight, this guy makes Kim Kardashian look like J.D. Salinger. <laughs> Kardashian half-sister Kendall Jenner just turned 18. Most analysts expect her to skip college and head directly to the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> just think about it for a second, Jimmy. When you get it, you're going to die, I promise. No. <laughs> and did you see New York Knicks management banned Woody Allen from the VIP lounge at Madison Square Garden? What? Woody responded by trying to bar them from attending his films, but people stopped doing that years ago. Oh! <laughs> <Hey> -oh. <laughs> <laughs> Prince Fielder waved at his no-trade clause, but missed. <laughs> <laughs> I think the real winner in that Tigers-Rangers trade is Dallas-area fast food restaurant. Oh, man. In the wake of Delivery Man's <laughs> sub-$8 million opening weekend, it looks like Vince Vaughn is about to become a Chicago Blackhawks fan full-time. <laughs> <laughs> The playoff-like feel of that Canucks-Hawks game Saturday night here, especially after Roberto Luongo gave up two goals in nine seconds in the third period to lose to Chicago. We've all seen that movie before. Ernest goes to the crease. <laughs> and finally, uh, there was those two Newfoundlanders. They saved a shark floundering in the shallows after it couldn't swallow a large chunk of a moose. It was the biggest choke job since the Leafs playoffs last year. <laughs> Sorry, what happened? That sounded like a very weird chain of events. If you haven't heard the story, I'll send it to you. But the true story, two Newfoundlanders, they came across a shark that was struggling in shallow water, and it was swallowing a large chunk of moose, and it couldn't swallow it. So they, they saved it. That's the second most Canadian story I've heard all week. Yeah. <laughs> and the Grey Cup was this week, and that doesn't even hit the list. <laughs> Torben, thanks so much, man. Anything going on this week in B.C.? Uh, not too much. We're just enjoying some nice weather. Oh, good. Well, you enjoy that and uh, rest up and keep writing these kick-ass jokes, and we'll uh, we'll see you next Monday night. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great night. Thank Come you. On, Thank you. Follow Cheers, him on Twitter at VanGuy. We're going to take a quick break here on The Kaufman Show. Come back and say goodbye, basically. We just got here. It's always hard to say goodbye. I know. It's, it goes way too fast, Spry. That's the one thing you'll learn. <laughs> I have ex-girlfriends who've learned that. Aww. You're making me sad now. Well, sad music's fine. Don't worry, it's about to get oh, less Oh, it's Wilco. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> it tricks you with sadness. <laughs> then it's happy. It's Jeff Tweedy on Vicodin. He's up, he's down. He's up, he's down. <laughs>
I don't know if I go back to the comment from before, or I, we just let it we just let it sit. I think we just let it sit. Let that simmer. That's right. Well, uh, we can all think about that over the break. This is the Kaufman Show on TSN 690. Joined by Mike Spry tonight. You can follow him on Twitter at MD Spry. I'm at the Kaufman Show, and we'll be back. Now, Dave Kaufman hosts The Kaufman Show with Dave Kaufman, but also Jay Farrar. The Kaufman Show, only on TSN 690. just all this Wilco, Jimmy. It's, it's, you know, hearing that TSN might be a, a dozen years without hockey. It just makes me want to listen to Wilco and curl up in a ball in the corner. We'll see what the how the details work. But obviously, I don't think this affects radio. Well, and it should be And we are the home of the Habs, so... It could just be... Na- we that. don't know the whole story, but it could be national deals. There could still be regional action, Habs TV. One would assume. You know? One would assume that all those deals don't end next year. Or it could just be, you know, Dreger. but I'll tell you one thing. It could be Dreger, Duthie, and uh, McKenzie just up at uh, up <laughs> up in up in the Muskoka's drinking and watching the game on CBC. You know, we've got. I'd watch that. Cry. What? We've got the Hockey Night in Canada song. Do we really? Yeah. The new one or the old one? No, the old one. The oh. the real one. <sighs> I mean, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, TSN does. Yeah. I thought you meant you and I did. Yeah, well, you'd, oh. you'd be a lot more excited if you and I had the rights to the old Hockey Night in Canada song. Yeah, I hope, well, I hope that wouldn't be greeted with a pshaw that it just yeah. got. <laughs> I've made some poor investments. <laughs> 
I told you not to put everything into Nortel. <laughs> I told you. I told you so many times. I told you and told you and well, told you all. I bought like $10,000 worth of Bitcoin off this guy in the alley a couple weeks ago, but apparently that's not how you buy them. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's not how that works. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. There is a uh, Bitcoin ATM in a Vancouver coffee shop right now. Yeah, well, the Bitcoin embassy just, oh, oh my God, we're talking about Bitcoins. <laughs> Just went sideways in here. Well, yeah, but I mean, twelve billion dollars—that's like eight bitcoins. Yeah, I'm not sure how it works. The, it's, it works. It works that way. That's how that works, and that's how that will continue to work. And these details will obviously come in a little bit more fast and furious. But uh, once again, Bob McKenzie reporting that uh, TSN has lost hockey rights on television, uh, as Andrew Buckholtz uh, from Yahoo.com says. Uh, the Canadian sports media landscape has definitely changed tonight. So, uh, go Red Blacks! Oh, God. Go Red Blacks! <laughs> it's just getting worse. I don't know. I just tweeted, I asked if the NHL had ever watched a Sportsnet NHL telecast, and I'm assuming they haven't. I don't really know what that word means. Telecast? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't work here. No, it's apparent. <laughs> but I do, and, and I do want to thank you for sitting in with me tonight, Mike. Had it's a been lot a lot of fun. fun. I want to thank Brian Wilde and Torben Rolfson. Follow all of our guests on Twitter. Follow Torben at VanGuy, Brian at BeWildCTV, Mike is at MDSpry. I'm at The Kaufman Show. Jimmy, thank you. It's fun tonight. I thank you both, gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Well, I think it's time for I Love This Town, and it's time to say goodnight to all of you. And uh, we'll just wait on Jimmy to bring up I Love This Town. It's not that this is awkward or anything. I, I, you know, goodbyes are difficult sometimes, Spry. And they're easier on the Twitter. They are. They're much easier on the Twitter. So <laughs> instead of saying goodbye, how about we uh, say we'll see you next week on that the works. Kaufman that Show for me. on TSN 690. Bye, Mike. Listen up, kid. It's not what you think. Stayed out too late. Had a little too much to drink. Walk home, cross the bridge. When the marquee shut down There's a reason that I love this town Nobody cares how much money you have If you've got enough to get in a cab There'll be drinks on the house If your house burns down There's a reason that I love this town I saw your bed Shot the shit with miniature Tim. If he needs a tune, then I'll write one for him. We like the same books and we like the same sounds. There's a reason that I love this town. I played a show in Kelowna last year. Said, Pick it up, Joel. We're dying in here. Picture one hand clapping, then picture half that sound. There's a reason that I hate that town If you saw my bed In the early days 
Down in our soup, some French restaurant. I saw Riviera de Lou last night at the tour. We burnt the place to the ground. There's a reason that I love this town. There's a reason that I love this town. There's a reason that I love this town. Listening to the Kaufman Show on TSN 690. For Mike Spry, I'm Dave Kaufman, and we'll see you next week. I don't know. What'd that sound like?